Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Our sermon text is Daniel 12, just read. <clears throat> Afraid, alone, and waiting for help. How often do we hear stories of this type where someone comes to the rescue at just the right time? Just yesterday, there was a headline on my news feed that spoke of a woman that was pulled from her car after she had driven into a pond in Carmel. Police and firefighters arrived just in time. I cannot imagine much that would be more frightening and terrifying than having the murky, cold water of a pond covering and filling your car as darkness began to shroud you. Terror. And then comes the joy of help. Another just-in-time was remembered this past week as the shooter of Jason Seaman and Ella Whistler was sentenced. Jason was there just in time to stop what could have been a much more tragic situation. At times, people do the most powerful things, and it is hard for us to understand where their strength comes from. Look at Martin Luther, an Augustinian monk that stood up to the Holy Roman Empire or Emperor and representatives of the Pope and laid his life on the line because he so firmly trusted in Holy Scripture and salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. He was there just in time to bring not only temporal freedom to the people, but the greater joy and comfort of knowing their conscience could be free from sin. In many ways, his boldness affected the faith of the entire Western world, and yet times were so bad with struggles and wars that Martin Luther was sure the last days in Jesus' return could not be far off. A similar thing is going on in Daniel. It was a time of war and exile for Daniel and the people of God in the land of Babylon. The first six chapters of Daniel are the history of God's people as they are taken and live. Daniel himself had become an advisor to King Nebuchadnezzar. Due to his ability, God had given him to interpret the king's dreams. Even so, he was thrown into a den of lions because he continued to pray to the one true God and not worship idols. This was the same exile during which his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Tebedwego, no, Abednego, sorry, too much veggie tales, uh, were cast into a fiery furnace for not bowing down to the image of an idol. Daniel was not consumed by the lions, and the fire did not consume his friends. This was because the triune God, the Ancient of Days, was with his people as they fought their battles with the old evil foe, the devil, and those in the world around them that worshipped false gods. These men were heroes of the faith, bright, shining stars for the Lord. The second six chapters of Daniel are prophecy of the future battles that God and his people would fight. Most of it is symbolic in picture language. We see it too in Revelation, strange creatures, symbolic numbers, battles between spiritual forces in heaven and on earth. The book is both historical and prophetic. Some of the prophecies were fulfilled in the decade and centuries that followed Daniel, but others had in mind a greater fulfillment. 
This is the case with our text today from Daniel that looks ahead to the day when Jesus will return to judge the living and the dead. It is the last battle in the book of Daniel. Verse 1 reads, There shall be a time of trouble, such as never such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. This is the description of the time just before the last judgment. It is a time of struggle for the children of God living in a world ruined by sin, a world that hates God's message of salvation and hates his messengers. It is a time where the people of God struggle and wrestle with temptations and the weakness of their own flesh. We call this the end times. Everything before Christ, B.C., was in preparation for his coming, where he brought fulfillment to God's law and promise of a Savior. He died for our sins and rose again for our justification. He ascended into heaven, but not before giving us the promise that he will return. As we now wait in the end times, things are being brought to a close for the final fulfillment where Christ will return to collect his bride, the church, and deliver her to his Father in heaven to live eternally with him. This is the joy and sure hope of every Christian. And every generation of Christians thinks it's going to be the last generation because every generation thinks society can't get any worse than it already is. We see it in our news feeds and papers daily, the horror of our humanity and the cruelty we can inflict. Just this week, the FBI believes it has uncovered the worst serial killer in history, a man claiming to have murdered over 93 people. The facts he has given them line up perfectly with the cases they are looking at. We read stories like this and others and wonder, where has the love of God gone? Where is the concern for one's neighbor? We are wondering, we are wandering in an unwelcome and unholy land. The Apostle Paul wrote that creation is groaning, and that was then. How much more is it groaning now in our time, a couple of thousand years later? How much worse will it be before the last day? It's really quite frightening. Remember the text. There shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. It is a prophetic statement, and Daniel has been allowed to see into time, and what he sees is horrific. The Hebrew word that Daniel uses to describe time of trouble has the idea of being squeezed on all sides, like being in a vice or in a pair of pliers. Have you felt squeezed or squished? lately. Jesus gave the same warning of the end times in Mark's gospel, saying, and when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. And in Matthew 24, Jesus says, for then there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, No, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. It will be a time of tribulation for all, but especially for God's people, for you and for I. 
Jesus' words ring true today. Wars and rumors of wars. Our nation and others are further and further from God. Life is not respected in the womb, just before death, or even on the street. More and more, Christian teaching and morals are scorned and persecuted. Children are taught homosexuality is okay, almost to the point of being preferable. And biblical marriage is laughed at. It seems like an all-out and unprecedented time of attack against God and His people where trouble is all around us. Do you remember the children's Bible song, This Little Light of Mine? Maybe this little gospel light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That was a long time ago. How hard it is becoming to be a Christian and let your light shine. We are pressured and squeezed all around to hide it under a bushel and shout, no, instead of saying, I'm going to let it shine. I asked the 7th and 8th grade confirmation class last week how often they talk about God and theological issues with their friends. Response was, and I think it was from you, we're not allowed to. He's holding his hands up. But it, it was the base thing. They aren't allowed to, or at least that's how they feel about it. That's the way they feel and act. The light of the gospel is being dimmed by the demands of our culture as they stop their ears. And we easily become too weary or afraid to speak up about the glory of our Lord and the freedom and forgiveness He has won for us. How will we ourselves get through this mess of life and survive with our faith intact? God gives Daniel the answer. He says, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who who is charge of your people. Michael, the only archangel specified in the Bible. He is the general of God's army of angels that protects God's people from the forces of evil in this world and from the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He was and is fighting with all the angels in this great cosmic battle for us. But in these last times, Christ, or Emmanuel, remains present with us and is here to save us from our sins. When we are weak, He is strong. He will not abandon us. We read in Daniel about this final battle, but at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. This is the book of life, and written in it before time and eternity are the names of all who would come to faith in Christ and trust in Him to be delivered. St. Paul describes the scene thus, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Even as we are in a world that has gone mad, 
God reminds us that he will deliver us. Through faith in Jesus, we belong to the people of God, and we will be saved. What a picture the apostle has given of Christ's return, with the cry of the archangel calling people from their graves, and all others are caught up in the cloud to meet him. All will be raised, believers and unbelievers, and their bodies will be joined to their souls, and then the judgment. Herein is the difference. Those without faith in Christ will be judged on their works under the law and will be found lacking and condemned to hell, eternally separated from God. They get what they hoped and longed for. No God, no Christ. And those who are wise, those who have their faith in Christ, shall shine like the brightness of the sky above and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. For those with faith in Christ Jesus, it is a judgment or listing of our fruits, those things that we have done that please the Lord because our faith is in Christ. There is no law that we are judged on because Jesus has already fulfilled the law completely, perfectly for us. Whoever believes in Jesus will be saved. Where he is, they will be also. Where there is no sickness, no pain, no tears, no sorrow, only complete joy in the presence of God Almighty, where we will sing with the angels of his glory. This is the source of our courage, Christ Jesus, the one who comes just in time to save us. His first coming came in the fullness of time, at just the right time in history, and so will his second, when it seems like all is lost. It is in the same way he comes to us now, when it seems like all is lost, when our sin troubles us and condemns our conscience, when the devil sneers at us, telling us we are not worthy of heaven or the mercy of Christ. But it is just that, mercy. Christ brings mercy and healing, the very thing we need and cannot obtain for ourselves. He brings healing for our lives, broken and damaged by sin. He brings it today at the hearing of his word. He brings it through baptism and his supper, where he is present with his body and blood to strengthen and preserve us. He reveals himself to us in these things and does not hide, giving to us, giving to us all his promises. Jesus is invincible, unstoppable, and the miracle worker that solves our deepest spiritual need, sin's guilt. And he does it despite our weakest physical handicaps, mental disturbances, or emotional breakdowns, our problems of the flesh. Jesus will come on the last day, soon, just in time. And he wants us to be ready, and we are because he himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, is with us until the end of time to protect and deliver us. So we can say, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.